You have to try this. Okay, just a bite. <laughs> Hey everyone, welcome to Social Takeout. Small bites of social discussion. I'm Jeremy. And I'm Sarai. And today we have a very special guest, Christopher Hochstuhl. He's an American opera singer based in Berlin. Hi, Chris. Hello. (laughs) Happy to be here. Good. Um, So today we're talking about privilege, white privilege, uh, socioeconomic privilege, and other types of privilege that might not be instantly recognizable. So our first question is, what is privilege? So um, we just did a little bit of digging into the Oxford Dictionary for this. (laughs) Meaning we Googled it. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Quickly Googled it. So privilege is a special right, advantage, or immunity granted or available only to a particular person or group. Um, Social privilege... Uh, defined by Wikipedia is uh, social privilege is a special unearned advantage or entitlement used to one's own benefit or to the detriment of others. These groups can be uh, advantaged based on social class, age, disability, ethnic or racial category, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation and religion. So white privilege, also defined by Wikipedia, is the societal privilege that benefits white people over non-white people in some societies, particularly if they are otherwise under the same social, political, or economic circumstances. And um, some other types of privilege from, say, a North American perspective, that's another thing that we need to make clear that we're all North American yeah, here, so when we absolutely. talk about privileges from a North American perspective. America. <laughs> yeah. I'm Canada. I'm Canadian here. Um, don't forget us. Yeah, yeah okay, whatever. <laughs> it is uh, socioeconomic yeah, privilege. <laughs> the real country. Uh, socioeconomic privilege is one. There's also like Christian majority, um, like religion privilege. Uh-huh. Gender privilege. And uh, heterosexual privilege. So... Uh, let's talk about white privilege first, since that's what everyone is talking about. Uh, so, Christopher, uh, you are white. Yes. Is that how you identify? <laughs> this is news to me. No, yes. yes, I am Caucasian. Okay. I'm white. Yes. So, wait, did you have a moment when you realized you were white and that that meant something? To be honest, no. Um, I mean, with everything that's going on now in the world, particularly with Black Lives Matter, I think I have, you know, like gone out of my way to understand a bit more of the advantages I've received, whether or not I recognize them by being white. Um, But growing up, I was never made aware that I was white as much as I was made aware that minorities of color around me were not white Uh and white was the yeah that is interesting the I don't know it was almost like it was the normal Mm -hmm. um, growing up in you know suburban New Jersey (laughs) Um, and yeah so long story short no I did not have a defining moment that I was white Mm -hmm. until maybe Black Lives Matter and That was more just coming to understand that there were, you know, certain privileges that came along with my skin color that I never thought about. Interesting. On that same topic, so I'm going to ask you, when did you realize you were black? (laughs) Well. In America. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So I guess it took me longer than some people, but I was in second grade. 
And um, uh, let's see how to describe this. So we were having a class discussion in small groups about um, names that you shouldn't call each other. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's oh just like success it's, written it's all over it. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so... Um, so we're talking and like the thing that I thought was like the worst thing you could be called is stupid because mm -hmm. I hate, oh God, I even still today, I hate being called stupid. Um, and so the principal is walking around listening and, and so I'm saying, yeah, I, I would hate to be called stupid and that's like the worst thing you could call someone. And then she says, yeah, and I bet you wouldn't want to be called nigger either. Oh. And I was just like, uh, no, no, I wouldn't like to be like, called that. Which grade was this again? Second. Did you understand the gravity of that word? No, or? like I knew it was bad and I knew it was something that people called black people. Yeah. But like I didn't really have this sense of like, I'm black and so that they're referring to me and mm. like all that entails. And so like... Um, I didn't understand it in the moment, but it, that mm -hmm. stuck with me. And so then later I was like, that bitch called me the <laughs> N-word to my face. Like, what the fuck? You're like Googling um, to find out where she lives. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but like, um, that was like the first time I was like aware that I was different, you mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, Christy actually basically said that you didn't realize it, that you were white growing mm -hmm. up, but now that you realize it, so, which actually brings me to the question you already said you actually understand there's a privilege that comes along mm -hmm. with being a white person say for especially in america mm -hmm. yeah um have you how do you realize that like what what about your life you're seeing is privileged compared to say a black person or a brown person well i think it just comes down to things i haven't been denied or mm -hmm. obstacles I have not had to face based on the color of my skin. So I have never been concerned mm -hmm. applying for a job, sure. how people will perceive yeah. me based on my, my race. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. even things as simple as just like dating, not feeling like I need to lie about my ethnicity yeah. for, mm -hmm. I guess my own protection or for people to pay attention or yeah you understand i think what i mean yeah yeah so we have established that the next thing i'll actually the topic of privilege is gender privilege <laughs> sarai yeah hilarious <laughs> as a resident female <laughs> over <laughs> here <laughs> Very funny. Uh, do you feel there's a difference uh, also do you also uh, along on those lines i wanted to ask if you have a different experience as a woman in america versus in um, Germany because we all do know that mm -hmm. obviously being a woman comes with a whole bunch of challenges yes so it's like a everywhere. different set of challenges yeah um, I would say like in both places people can be really dismissive of uh, my ideas particularly but like when I'm working with other women um, and there perhaps is a man who needs to take direction um, they can be very dismissive of that, and that's in both Germany and the U.S. Mm -hmm. um, and so, like, I was directing an opera. I was assistant directing um, Das Rheingold, and um, the the director was a woman. Mm -hmm. um, and so then we had to have a conversation because the notes that I was giving singers 
were taking maybe four times as long as the notes that she was giving singers. And so she was like, you really have to like limit it to just a couple of notes. I'm like, I am. It's just that everyone questions what I tell them, Mm -hmm. even though I'm the one who is looking at the directing book and I'm the one who has literally written down every piece of blocking and have it in front of me. And I'm telling you that your blocking is wrong. You know, um, th- yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so sure? it's just like constantly questioning me. And so that's just a little bit of like intersectional. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because she's also a woman, obviously, but she's Irish and white. Yeah. Um, so there's a race thing e- falling into Exactly. Well. Okay. Um, but they still questioned her much more than yeah. I've seen them question like male directors. And mm-hmm. I don't want to say that male operatic directors have been like mean or crazy because that's not that's not the right word but there's less I feel pressure on them to be nice and be accommodating Mm -hmm. to other people's Mm -hmm. feelings like I want to just yell at you and tell you exactly what you need to be doing (laughs) you know but I feel like as a woman I can't do that because I need you to actually be open to listening to Mm -hmm. me yeah um other than that like walking around Berlin at night or like taking public transportation by myself at night when I first got here I never felt like scared like even in even in the parts of Berlin that are considered bad Mm -hmm. I never felt like it was a problem for me to be on my own Mm -hmm. walking around at night in the U.S., like even in Manhattan, yeah, you know, I've had men like follow me, chase me, like is I just would never do that anywhere in the U.S. You yeah, know? yeah. Um, actually, tagging off on that, if we can put this in the podcast or not, mm-hmm. the first time I actually me personally realized this whole sort of gender dynamic, especially mm-hmm. as an artist, uh, was actually with you. Um, we were at the Botanical Gardens yeah. last year doing a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sarah and I are in a band together called No Voce. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were backstage and the person organizing it came and asked, would you like a glass of wine uh, after the show? Mm-hmm. I was like, yes. Uh, <laughs> I was like, what else am I going to say? But um, she was a lot more... Um, like being extremely nice like no we don't need it no well, I was like why are you saying no when you want something say yes right, and you're like yeah. because I don't want to come across as a diva right. and people actually feel like as a woman when you say certain things they may think you are too yeah you know, it's like if I ask for something. something it's like oh well she's difficult it's like no I just asked for some water oh my gosh yeah. exactly. <laughs> red so, M&M's in my dress oh uh, yeah exactly you know? like, yeah when you get to that stage of course <laughs> I'll do it right now but... so like are there instances that you've seen like um where you've seen women that you're working with or even in your own family that Mm-hmm. are having an experience that you have never had or that you don't think would happen to you. Oh gosh, I feel like I should have paid more attention. I should have more <laughs> things coming to me. No, but, it's okay. No, I mean, I, I, I feel aware that there's a different conduct that I've seen women colleagues hold themselves to that mm-hmm. men don't have to. And I think that goes with men can... I think speak a bit more freely in the workplace mm-hmm. um, and it comes off as assertive or strict and women when they 
um, hold themselves in the same sort of behavior. They yeah. get viewed as, well, like, yeah, you know, for sure. um, and they're not treated with that same respect or like you said, it's they're viewed as hard or difficult to yeah. work with. Um, mm -hmm. And the only difference between the two being the gender. Yeah, so absolutely. In my situation, so my family is Indian and I was brought up in the Middle East, uh, Dubai. We I think we already sort of know how women are treated in some of these parts mm -hmm. of the world. And there's like clear... Um, set of roles that each gender plays. I'm not even going to get into that, but mm -hmm. what I've actually noticed, especially is in some of these parts of the world, is that women are put on a higher standard when it comes to beauty compared mm -hmm. to their brains. Yeah. Um, like I was like stressing because I had no time to like do my hair or makeup yeah. before coming here. <laughs> I was like, oh no. No, but even if it's something as simple as uh, arranged marriage is a thing in Indian culture. And if you have a daughter and say that daughter is dark skinned, mm -hmm. colorism is a whole different topic. And I think we have another episode coming on that. Yeah, sure. But uh, say dark skin is considered to be bad looking it comes from colonialism how it's actually infiltrated into the system in many ways uh but if the guy is dark-skinned it's not as much of an issue right, it's fine and the girl starts saying, oh my god no one's going to marry her how mm -hmm. is she going to take care of herself they don't even see the idea that the woman can actually take care of herself does mm -hmm. not need a man sure um so that sort of dynamic and that still exists to this day yeah um it's and so then Putting Dubai aside, like your time living in Canada, mm -hmm. did you experience this? You were working as an event planner. Oh, did yeah. you have partners who were women? Yeah, so unfortunately I've seen women are actually paid less on purpose mm -hmm. because I feel like people can get away with telling them, you don't need that. And sure. mm -hmm. a lot of the times, unfortunately, women are taking it because there's a form of brainwashing that's actually happening. Yeah. You tell that to a man, they'll be like, hell no, I'm not going to take that money. Yeah, I read yeah. this article that was saying that um, they basically were comparing men and women who work in the same field with like comparable quality mm -hmm. of work and asking them like how much they think they should be paid. Yeah. You mm -hmm. know, and the men were like four times higher than what yeah. the women said, yeah. you know. And so it's just like, um, I think maybe we've all heard of imposter syndrome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's like overcoming that plus wanting to be competent and being taken seriously but not being called a bitch or difficult. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now let's talk of some forms of privilege that are not instantly recognizable, like socioeconomic privilege. Mm, it, is it absolutely invisible though? Because for example, say you're re wearing Gucci head to toe. Yeah. That is. Uh. <laughs> um, so like, I think this whole episode was just going to be like about intersectionality because like, mm, yeah. um, I just like very vividly remember stealing my mother's Louis Vuitton backpack and handbag and just like walking into school with it and everyone thought it was fake like there was no question that I could possibly be real you know so yeah. it's like um maybe but I think it depends on who you are yeah. who's dressing that way it depends on who's dressing that way um something else okay so like uh, growing up, my family had money, like they own property and apartment buildings and whatever. Um, and I went to private schools and 
I remember one of the moms, like at at school, thought that I was a um, one of the scholarship kids, and just like I I don't even remember what exactly she said, but I was like, oh, she thinks I'm on scholarship. Okay, fine. Yeah. And so then, like I, she, her daughter, and I would always hang out, and it, it just so happened that a different person in my family would drop me off every time at their house, and so like. I was dropped off in a Cadillac and then in a Mercedes. And then my aunt and uncle dropped me off in a Rolls Royce. And she was like, uh, how many cars do you guys have? And I was like, mm, about 12. <laughs> you know, so it, it was just like funny to see that, you yeah. know. Yeah, because yeah. they don't expect, say, a black woman to yeah. actually live up to the same standard they actually have for say for that woman for her and daughter absolutely for example. yeah 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 um so that was interesting and then so another story is that i was hmm? uh, I, on that question i also had another one yeah does that depend on which part of the country you're in say for example you're in manhattan versus mm -hmm. um somewhere in philadelphia yeah um, no i mean i haven't found that to be true it's like it was it was worse when i moved from los angeles to the east coast mm. yeah um and it was like, if even if I was dressed very nicely and went into a very nice store, it was people following me around, yeah. you know? Mm -hmm. So I, I think the assumption is really based on mm -hmm. the way you look, yeah. like not the clothes you're wearing, but I mean, that's just my personal experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I was in university, undergrad. I think it was like my freshman year. I went to dinner with my friend and her mother. She mm -hmm. wanted to treat us. We were like going to Chili's or some awful like shame. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I love Chili's. Don't you dare say their lava cake. <laughs> like Hilarious. Everything. Okay, so <laughs> fine establishment. Yes. Um, and so her mother's a teacher, and she was talking about like overcrowding in urban schools and going on and on about it and I was listening it was interesting and she was like well I don't have to tell you you know and I was like actually I went to private school and I don't know they were like you I just think, broke her world exactly I was like there were yes. 12 people in my class so no I don't sorry care to clarify why I <laughs> like, yeah, absolutely <laughs> Um, but so, Christopher, have you felt like people make assumptions about your socioeconomic background? Just like they see you're a white opera singer living mm -hmm. in Germany. He must have a trust fund, <laughs> you know? <laughs> um, I mean, perhaps some people think that. I, I definitely am not a trust fund baby. <laughs> um, I come from your, I guess, typical middle class American family to mm -hmm. middle-class parents that work one is in a blue-collar job one is in a white-collar job yeah. both work two kids yeah. um, you know had, had a middle-class life had some luxuries had some things that you know you did not get to have because yeah. that was not in the budget but never had to deal with living near or below the poverty line sure. yeah um, so I mean, I'm not living off of my parents' money this whole time in Germany, yeah. but I did, you know, I have certain benefits of, I mean, should my world blow up, I can move home Absolutely. to my family. Yeah. I have a security net because my parents have 
some level of financial stability yeah mm-hmm. um or if i have an issue with a bill i i know i can you know seek help yeah um so and there is some a, benefit that's another form of privilege i yeah. guess that i hadn't thought of because I remember being in college and people would say they don't have money for something. I'm like, just ask your parents. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Money. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> It's like, oh, right. Not everyone can do that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. But have people actually assumed you have that, though? Um, Like trust funds and all that kind of stuff. I certainly, no one has said it directly to me. Um, I don't know what they think about me, but I mean, I know exactly. (laughs) I mean, I I would think that my American employers would, I think, probably assume that I don't because I've negotiated wages several times Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes have flat out refused work because the pay was so just pitiful or inappropriate for the work. And, um, I guess I, I was in a place to do that, so maybe there is some financial privilege with that, but at the same time, I I wasn't, yeah. you know, I have to make a certain amount of money to live, and that was always the Absolutely. underlier of, like, this is why I'm asking for this X percentage increase, yeah. Um, yeah. so I can cover my living expenses as an independent non-trust fund baby. (laughs) Yeah. So. Yeah, that's interesting. And there was a question on the BuzzFeed Mm -hmm. um, quiz about privilege that we all took that was Mm -hmm. asking if you were able to do an unpaid internship or Mm -hmm. multiple unpaid internships. And like, so for opera, I mean, there's a lot of unpaid work if you want it. Yes, yes, yes. But but there are some, some, um, Festivals that I've done that they're paid, but it's like if you really break down the hours, you're being paid much less than minimum wage, mm-hmm, you yeah. know, and I, yeah. I was able to just ask my family to cover, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, can you cover my rent so I can go do this yeah. show mm-hmm. where I'm not making really enough, any, enough yeah. money to like buy food. Yeah. But then like, I think at a certain point I was like, I can't ask them for money every time I need something. So it was just like, I'm going to struggle and do this show that doesn't pay anything. Yeah. And I think after that it was like, okay, no, no, you I actually, yeah, I so, actually yeah. need them to pay me. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's like some, a sort of uh, brain work that every artist falls into yeah. right in the beginning because they mm-hmm. feel like they have to do a lot of free shit too. Mm. Um, but we don't know when to stop. <laughs> At some point, we're like, we're just looking for the portfolio. Some of us don't know when to I stop. Know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we just keep going, <laughs> some of us. Yeah. Um, and I think there are like people who actually take advantage of that too. But mm-hmm. again, a different, completely different conversation yeah. on that as well. But so have you experienced that? What, do you, what has been your experience? What have people thought Ooh, you were... For me, it's like... Uh, the opposite of what people probably would think because when I the moment I say I'm from Dubai mm-hmm. they think oh rich city you Absolutely. must be <laughs> like sleeping on gold coins uh, I'm like no yeah. <laughs> Dubai has like average and poor people too I've never was actually I mean I would say Dubai is a city with no poverty mm-hmm. because if you're poor you have to go back to the country you're from <laughs> oh, <there. okay>. <laughs> because like you that. are there on a working visa you, uh-huh. you cannot become a citizen of Dubai unless you provide blood from there Interesting. Um, and so, so there's no one by blood from there who's poor? There are, mm-hmm. uh, but not not poor. There are people, but the government gives them free money. Oh, interesting. <laughs> so it's because it's only 7% of the population, so they really give the, get a house and salary and all this kind of stuff. Them. And more kids, they have more money they make and stuff like That's that. That's really interesting. Because they're trying to mm-hmm. raise that native population. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so I get the opposite thing. So people actually wanting sometimes to... This has actually happened to me in Berlin. 
Um, I'm not mention- mentioning names. Um, <laughs> Go on. We could bleep them. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, it's some people, and it's Germans, uh, that I've actually been to dinner with them or lunch with them, and they think that I'm from Dubai, or I ran a business in Canada, so mm-hmm. I must have so much money, so they expect me to pay the bill. <sighs> Yeah, so and it was like this blatant sort of like yeah, shameless thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're completely okay with saying they're broke. Uh-huh. And I'm like, no, uh-huh. you're paying for your splitting this bill. Yeah, what happened idea. to going Dutch? <laughs> exactly. So that has actually happened. And that comes from this idea that, oh, this person was a business owner. Mm-hmm. Or this person was mm-hmm. is from Dubai sort of idea. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like I have the opposite happen to me because I very blatantly joke about the pitiful income of oh. opera singers and make it very clear to you, whoever I'm around absolutely. that you know, we're pinching it's, the coin purse yeah. a little bit. But the interesting thing is for me is the same story but different because they're like, oh, this person could afford uh-huh. to leave his life in Canada because I did do event planning in the corporate world. I left it mm-hmm. to get back into music. So they think, oh, he could afford because that means he's either has a lot of money in his bank account to survive here. No, uh, it means you're passionate about like yeah, exactly. what you want to do. Calculated <laughs> risks. Yeah. I know. And doing like so. every kind of job here to survive sort of mm-hmm. idea. So um, people don't really see the struggle behind it. Interesting. So, yeah. Yeah, I'd say... I'm more along your lines. Like when I started dating Marcus, I was like, I'm poor. I have no money. I'm yes. an opera singer. Just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> and it will never change. Yeah. <laughs> it could. Uh, yeah. Hopefully. Uh, however, yeah, I need you to be. Pressing my thumbs. Yeah, exactly. So. It's like, I need you to be okay with me being absolutely poor. Poor all yeah. the time. <laughs> I think yeah. he is. I would say so. Yes. <laughs> cool. So, on to the next topic, heterosexual privilege. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that is not visible. I think it is instantly recognizable, isn't it? <laughs> well, maybe if you just like, stand very still and quietly. And don't open your mouth. Exactly. <laughs> and, like, I think you can still feel the gay pack. radiation so. coming through. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely. But... Um, uh, but in general, though, you can hide it, and a lot of people do hide it. And I think gay people know it really well because I would say most of us have been in the closet at mm-hmm. some point or another because we are mm-hmm. born in this society where you're supposed to be straight. Yeah. Um, so mm-hmm. I would like to. You're gay, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay, Chris. Yes. So, so, so I am. I am white, and I am gay. <laughs> okay, Let's perfect. Get the record straight. <laughs> Got it. So, <laughs> so uh, how has it actually affected you? Like. Um, have you ever, actually, first of all, the question is, have you ever been in the closet? I, yes, I was for me? most of, pretty much up until my actual legal adult life, oh. I was in the closet. Yeah. Interesting. I came out at the end of my first year of undergrad when I was, I finally felt I was in a safe environment to yeah. do so. How has that affected you? Or is it still affecting you that you have to hide parts of your identity? I, you know, I've thought about this a lot more in the past year or two, partially because I just, I had this realization or something as silly as I wanted to wear more makeup uh-huh. because I had always loved makeup. Yeah. And I thought, why do I not wear makeup? Or why do I just stop at like foundation or like boy makeup? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not from my choice but it's more from fear of how are people in society going to perceive me just people on the street my employers um 
But it, it was how, so with that realization though came how much of my natural impulses to want to do X, Y, Z, or I enjoy this or that, how much of that do I refute mm. or put away because mm-hmm. it doesn't meet what society yeah. right. expects from a male. It's like you're conscious male, of or, trying to make everyone else feel comfortable with your presence. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. or just there's, I feel some people change their behavior as like, for example, just gay men where they try to maintain a certain type of masculinity oh and maybe that is their personality. Yeah. Maybe it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But there's a little bit of an expectation, I feel, in sure. society for a... But, like, why can't you just wear makeup and be serious and straight-laced and Christoph? So, no, I mean, yeah. I, do, I do that more. I'm not today, because yeah. I, yeah. I was also tired beforehand. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, I feel like you have to watch... So, in general, I do not care what people on the street think about me, and yeah. just as a very tall... Man, I'm not that concerned about someone attacking me. Sure. Um, but That's I do true. worry about my workplace. Mm. Um, and I, I don't know if we were going to bring this up later, but I'll just do it now. Yeah. Um, I've noticed that I've had certain issues of, one, being a gay man, but then, you know, when I'm not watching myself having feminine tendencies mm-hmm. and that causing certain issues in the workplace where... Um, so as opera singers, we yeah. audition with, we usually send out pre-screening materials yes. and then we, <laughs> it, we're invited to audition and we mm-hmm. audition and we interview and I've never had problems with that. I'm very professional. I don't have issues with the way I act on stage, the way I sing on stage. Um, but then when I work somewhere and people get to know me a bit more, mm-hmm. all of a sudden the feedback when they're not happy with how I'm acting on something changes to not what I am doing on the stage, but just like, can you butch it up? Can it be a bit more masculine? But it's, and do you, so that wasn't the issue, but you see, you know me now as a person. And I totally feel like I've seen that happen with, um, some friends of mine who are singers and gay. Mm -hmm. And I've seen this happen with, um, some Asian singers Mm. where they're like, they just don't have the vocabulary or knowledge to tell the singer what is actually wrong. Mm-hmm. And so like for Asian singers, they say, oh, well, you're not, you're not emoting enough. I'm not feeling enough emotion from you. Uh-huh. And I'm like, are you crazy? <laughs> like, did you just yeah. see that? Like, yeah. I feel like you have another problem, but you don't know how to vocalize it. it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah. And it also comes down to like not being your... Because you're not being able to do that. Now you have to second guess everything. And you're not being your 100% your authentic self on stage. And that Mm -hmm. obviously has some sort of effect in the art form that you're creating itself. Definitely. But I mean, I do say just when I've, I don't know, I've had some interesting stories in the United States Mm -hmm. where directors will talk to me about my life. And I feel like it came from a genuine perspective of like, you know, what does it mean to be like a gay singer? Mm -hmm. How has this affected you? Um, but I do always say when I'm playing a character, I, I, you know, I do this really cool thing called acting. Where <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I'm being someone else who yeah. I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm using the, I imagine the character's life experiences yeah. and its background and yeah. that informs, you know, it's not Christopher Hochstuhl on stage. It's a yeah. character. Exactly. Um, and when I have the chance to draw upon my life experiences, then yes, that's great. But 
we, we don't have all too many gay opera <laughs> characters I know. right now. I was so just something completely unrelated. Yes, yes. I was working on um, a libretto. Um, so the story is based on um, uh, Blake's poem, The Poison Tree. Yes. But so one of my two of my characters are gay and they're having a romantic affair and the soprano <laughs> is covering for them. Oh my god. <laughs> so I went in on that. Yes, absolutely. You're like in heaven. I know. <laughs> I was like, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, like, um, in my experience, like, in the corporate world, I've experienced that quite a bit because men are supposed to be strong in the mm -hmm. corporate world and for some reason they see gay men or they actually connected to being feminine again this falls under the mm -hmm. whole gender mm -hmm. thing um mm -hmm. to be weaker so um and also i've also noticed where holiday parties come around when corporations throw holiday parties and they say bring your partner mm -hmm. to the holiday right. party or sometimes people just assume like oh bring your girlfriend Bring your, and I've actually had someone tell Jeremy, me, Jeremy, like, bring your girlfriend. Bring your girlfriend. I'm like, oh, I have many girlfriends. Which one? I'm thinking friends. Right. But, um, and people are just so uncomfortable bringing their partner to yes. it. Yeah. Um, and also the biggest thing I've noticed when it comes to in the workplace, especially uh, when you talk about your same sex partner, yeah. uh, people think you're talking about sex. Mm. Uh, they don't. Whereas, say, if you are yeah. a straight man, and, oh, my wife and I went for vacation to so-and-so, it's like a normal chat. Whereas, mm -hmm. if I go and say, like, oh, my husband and I, it's kind of like they think sex immediately. Mm, that's compared weird. To, it's a very weird yeah. one, but they immediately think that. So it's almost like a taboo topic for them mm -hmm. to talk about. Mm -hmm. So you're not even going to talk about things like, oh, I'm bringing my husband to the Christmas party yeah. sort of idea. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Like, um, So before the planning for this episode, I hadn't really considered that. Like... Um, obviously I have this privilege and I've never felt like in a situation where I couldn't say I'm bringing my husband mm -hmm. to the party or like, oh, that man is attractive, you know, yeah. that's so interesting. It's just like, I, hmm, I don't know. I think part of the reason I really wanted to do the podcast was so like mm -hmm. I could grow as a person, you know, because same. Okay, fine. White people need to realize they have white privilege. Mm -hmm. Fine. But I, like the the concept that I've been playing with is like everyone has some sort of privilege, right? Mm -hmm. And so like what are the things that I'm not seeing that people who don't have my privilege are screaming about? Yeah. You know? And especially within the since you bought white privilege up, especially within the LGBTQ plus uh, oh, sorry, community, mm -hmm. yeah. there's white privilege within mm -hmm. that too. Yeah. So it's like a double sword when you are a person of color within yeah. the LGBTQ community. Because um and in my experience, I've actually noticed, um, especially with things like pride and um, we've fought for this and we are inclusive, mm -hmm. that, that whole message is constantly being spewed on us as um, queer people. Yes. Um, so they feel like they don't, certain struggles that people within the community does not really matter as much. So mm -hmm. there are certain words they say maybe through Oh, yeah. apps like Grindr, oh, totally. things like that. We just did an episode about this recently, yeah. race with the LGBTQ um, community. <laughs> yes, yeah, you can yeah. go listen to that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like blatant racism and they feel it's mm -hmm. okay. I think people are slowly waking up to it right now. Mm -hmm. uh, but can I ask you, yeah. as a white gay person, sure. uh, do you have, if you have friends like who are of color, who mm -hmm. are also 
within this community. Um, have you seen their story sort of being a little different from yours? Like their struggle being a little bit more different? Yes, I have. Yeah. Um, namely being there, there certainly is racism within the gay community. And I'm, I'm just going to call it racism mm -hmm. because that's what it is. It's yeah. not a sexual yeah. preference. It's just yeah. racism. So there's my tidbit for the internet. <laughs> um, but I, it, you know, it's, it's a problem when you have apps like up until just recently, and this was Grinder's response to Black Lives Matter, they removed the racial filter where one could filter all profiles yeah. by a race preference of like only white. Oh, they can't do it anymore? I believe they've gotten rid of it or it is going to be yeah. removed. I've never used it. Oh, so, um, <laughs> use the app. I haven't used the, the racial filter. So as a pervert in the house, <laughs> yeah. but, but I used it like before uh -huh. I met my current boyfriend. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I could still, that was a year ago. Mm -hmm. We could still yeah, filter do the whole by race, race thing. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I met Marcus on OkCupid? Okay Not oh. on Tinder. Okay. Gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, gross. Maybe I should get on that. <laughs> yeah. um, I hated Tinder. Like it was stupid. Like no one actually puts their information on Facebook and it's all linked to Facebook. Oh. Um, anyway, yeah. we met on OkCupid okay and I, I mean, I haven't been on it since I met him, but um, you could definitely um, filter out by race. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But it's not even the filtering out by race. I've actually seen profiles that say, we saw this yeah. um, grinder racist tweets of something oh, that's yeah, on yeah, Twitter yeah. thing. Oh, yeah. And we saw some pictures of it like, oh my God, they said the N word. Or, oh my <laughs> God, they're this. using yeah. like Asian... Asians are so and so like they blatantly say that on yeah the blatantly no no Asian no, yeah no femme no, no X Asian, color like, no femme yeah. no fat like anything that's yeah. crazy and that's another privilege I think uh, within the gay community on a different topic this mask femme thing mm -hmm. hate it oh my god there's there's yeah, this just... actual term called mask for mask that yeah, actually happens within the gay community which is like if I'm I'm masculine I need a masculine person. oh okay yes. I was like what masculine, <laughs> I don't understand yeah. so there's this like yeah. guys who are feminine versus guys who can pass a straight mm -hmm. sort of idea. So yes. it is that same concept of like you're better if you are straight acting, straight or yes. yeah, yeah. Huh. That Ugh. that has been quite the struggle in Germany so far. In I've Germany, noticed Germany. that. Yeah. I've, yeah, I've in my part. I don't know what your experiences have been, but I've as a single person trying to date here and trying mm -hmm. to find a ideally a partner eventually yeah it, it's it's been very different from the united states where i i feel like i've seen a spectrum of how of like personality types mm -hmm. ranging from you know quote-unquote more feminine to more masculine but mm -hmm. in germany it's been i mean incredibly skewed towards straight passing huh. you mean um, like that's what they want in a guy or they just that seems like to be that. what they both what they want and also how they hold themselves it's um, a masculine culture in a way i guess yes i also yeah. think that i don't want to dive too deep into the psyche but i think there's like, a little bit it. of embedded <laughs> homophobia within Absolutely. that of if you grew up Definitely. in this you know you have to do what you have to do to yeah. survive and to succeed in society and if that was what was needed of you whether mm -hmm. or not you recognize it it yeah infiltrates your personalities right so then have you are you like censoring yourself with dating then 
Are you, like, saving it until, like, the third or fourth date, you know? I think maybe until the second date. Oh, my God. Partially. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've never faked being... It comes out of the suit the first day, so you know, Well, I feel like I sometimes... I, I'm warming them yeah. up to it little by little. I think you've always been um, like that. <laughs> well, you know, I think sometimes you can make yeah. a very strong first impression, and perhaps it's... A little better to just like yeah. ease them into sure. how yeah. many American gays act <laughs> um, as in ourselves. But, it's interesting because for um, me, I've had the opposite experience here versus yeah. the opposite in Canada. I don't know. Uh-huh. I've not dated in America, mm-hmm. although one of my exes was American. Don't ever do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I feel Canada is a little bit more. As proud as we are about how open we are and things like that. But in the dating culture, I found them to be a lot more against dating a brown person, Mm. even brown people, Mm -hmm. dating brown people, or uh, dating someone who's a little bit more effeminate. Like, I worked for Pride for some time, and that scared the crap out of some of the guys. They're Mm -hmm. like, you work for Pride, it must mean like you're promiscuous. I'm like, no, because I believe in the cause, you idiot. (laughs) But (laughs) there's a very big difference, and I'm an event planner, it's an event. So, um, yeah, but over here, I've noticed um, they're a little bit more interested. Because yeah. One, probably because I'm an outsider. Mm. <laughs> Fresh meat, I <Yeah>. guess. <laughs> but, um, but they're a little bit more uh, <laughs> excited about the whole uh-huh. um, brown thing is one. Mm-hmm. I feel they're a lot more Do you more feel like it's fetishized, it. though? I don't know. I think there is a little bit of fetishization. In Canada, I feel like when I've dated someone, I look at their past boyfriends and they're all brown. I'm like, okay, <laughs> there's, something, there's something going on over here. But uh, <laughs> so I'm like one of the collections, okay. Yeah. But here, I guess it's also not as maybe multicultural or they don't have as many people they can date. But I feel more comfortable here, say, for example, with PDA, with yes. my boyfriend. Because um, people don't stare. I think that's also the culture. People just don't look at each other, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But there, I've actually just held hands with my boyfriend in Toronto walking around. The stares are not always mean. It could also just be, wow, that's different mm-hmm. sort of idea. But therein lies the problem. I literally yeah. had someone do this heart sign to me. I'm like, I don't need that. Like, I would not do that to I've had a lot of that in the States back yeah. when I always had boyfriends in the states (laughs) and just pda i mean once in a while did you know attract like on on the buzzfeed you know unfortunately i did have to check off like feeling concerned for my and my partner's safety in public um you know which sucks yeah but on the flop side i i have had the opposite of people needing to come up to you know tell me and my significant other just how wonderful they think it is that we can be you know out in public now and be yeah. You know, just normal people, you know, clearly in a relationship, but yeah. normal people. And yet that draws a special attention that, to be honest, when I'm going out to Starbucks or right. something, no, that's not what I wanted. I just like, yeah. leave people alone. Mind your own business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know. Perhaps that's why in Germany I feel better about it, because I feel like there is very much a mind your own business. Absolutely. Which, it, in a respectful way, but yeah. I feel like that's why... Perhaps one of the reasons I don't get this negative attention. I would say for the most part, absolutely. Every now and then I come across a person who just like has to tell black people that what they're doing is wrong and that they should be doing something else. This man was yelling at this woman, this black woman 
on the bus, she didn't have a mask on. And he was just like screaming at her and you need a mask and like he's just like getting red in the face. And finally I was like, hello, um, why don't you mind your own business? There are like eight other people on this bus who don't have masks on. But he pointed her Exactly, yeah. 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 And he just kind of looked at me and then I like ran off the bus. (laughs) I sang Mm -hmm. for the Black Lives Matter protest. Right before that there was a Another protest that's mm-hmm. actually protesting against um, Russia's treatment to LGBT uh-huh. folk. Yeah. We were supposed to sing for mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I decided did. to not go into a crowd of people. There was no crowd. I, I was like in the corner of <laughs> the street. Anyways, I would prefer not to. <laughs> but yeah. the thing is, like, we had to go through the embassies. It was in front of the Russian embassy, mm-hmm. and I had this big ass PA system in a big box, <laughs> and a bo- <laughs> and my boyfriend dropped me oh. there. He's like, "I'm gonna go park. You just go." <laughs> And I'm not, I'm not driving this big box through these embassies and police standing all over me, a brown man walking through. Absolutely not. I'm like, I'm waiting right here. You're coming back. You, your white German ass is coming back yeah. and we're going together. Yeah. You carry this box. I know. He didn't yes. get it. I was That's like, funny. I'm not doing it. Because every time we go through airport security, I have issues. There's no way I'm going through this embassy yeah. street I with this big ass box. I always get a random check. For no protest. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's one of the things, just thinking about earlier when you asked me, when did I know? notice I was white Mm -hmm. I never I mean that was one of the issues I never had to experience was knowing that I I I don't necessarily view the police force as a a threat or that I will be mistreated Mm -hmm. as a person by them um but having colleagues who are people of color um it's it, it's interesting how the dynamic changes when it's you're in a group you're in a car for example which is all Minor, people of color and yeah. then you and why is a car now why is the police man following her absolutely now? Exactly. Why, yeah. so like you know? two things I think even though I had this experience in second grade of like realizing I was black I was still really naive when I got to college and so like people would I don't know say a fight broke out and they were trying to like break it up I'm like just call the police and they're like what is wrong with you we're not calling the police I'm like why all right so I think that's the end of our podcast today yeah and if you want to follow us we are on Instagram that is at hello social takeout Mm -hmm. we're also on Facebook hello social takeout if you have any questions you can also email us hello social takeout at gmail.com absolutely and you know on our facebook group you can tell us what what sort of privileges you have or that you have been made aware of and thank you so much for yeah thank you for having me it was a pleasure okay okay bye Bye. Bye.